Welcome to the Who Shuffled Tabletop Podcast. Episode 11, Role-Playing Games. I'm Tom Tanner, and welcome to another episode of Who Shuffled. Today, me and Ryan are going to be talking about role-playing games, and pretty excited about this, something we've been wanting to do for quite a long time. Um, but before we get into that, I was just going to give everyone a little update on the podcast. If you've been listening recently, then you'll know that we've had quite a few different people on here. We've had Hugh Stevens helping me out, and... We've actually already recorded a few things with a buddy of mine, Josh Vickers. Um, He'll be on the podcast next week, which we've already recorded. But anyway, from here on out, we're going to be alternating co-hosts. So I'll be here every week, but Ryan's going to be with me every other week. And I'm not real sure what we're doing on the off weeks. But for now, it'll be probably Hugh, maybe Josh here and there. And we'll just see and just kind of roll with the punches but we are going to be changing up the formats we're going to be trying some some new and different things so i was just going to preface this episode you know with the little update but anyway um that's pretty much it i'll have some news at the end of the episode but i was just going to throw this in here before we get right into the topic but um here's me and ryan talking about role-playing games enjoy role-playing games i know you're excited about this ryan this is definitely one you've been it's been on our short list you've been wanting to do this since we started the podcast so i'm gonna let you take it away i have i really enjoy role-playing games well mainly dungeons and dragons that's what i've i've been playing it for quite a few years now not really heavy but enough to kind of know my way around it i'm still not an expert like a lot of dms or gms are Let's just explain what a role-playing game is. It's like a generic uh, definition. It's it's a game where each player or participant will assume a role of a character in a fantasy or science fiction setting and can interact with that imaginary world in any form or fashion. You know, so it's it's a very open-ended gaming world that you can create that your characters, like if you're the GM, I don't want to say the GM is controlling them, but the GM is creating this world and the characters can actually change the outcome and even the settings of the world that the uh, GM actually created. It's an interesting concept. It's very fun to me. I like it because it's a never ending. It can be a never ending game, you know? Yeah, there's some people that have been playing the same D&D campaign for 20 years, you know, or longer. Yeah. I wanted to mention that because, you know, our last episode when Hugh was on here, we were talking about it and me and him, you know, you, you GM'd or DM'd our first um, game, our first D&D game. And that was our first, both of us, our first RPG or uh, pen and paper RPG. That was a big step for us. We were talking about the the social stigmas and um, I don't know if you listened to the episode all the way through or anything, but. Mm-hmm. I did. Did you have any of that kind of stuff that we talked about? Like, did you think that a D&D was something or role-playing games was something you wouldn't do, like maybe in middle school or high school? Or I actually wanted to start playing in high school. I had My brother had the books in middle school when I was in middle school. 
and I've always looked at them and stuff, and I didn't really understand them. But then when I got to high school, I had a friend who wanted to play it, but I never could find anybody else. So I've always been interested in it. Well, a few years ago, I got together with two of my friends, and we just decided to have a game. And, uh, you know, James Carmichael, he's the one. He actually DM'd my first game. I was actually, I actually was a player. And that happened a few, that happened, we got together a few times, but we never finished that one. Which kind of, you know, it was kind of disappointing. But it, it set a spark in me, and I, I started DMing after that. And I, I've really enjoyed it. It's been it's been real fun. At this point, have you been the GM more than the player? Yes, I've only been the player that one time. Really? Yeah. I, you know, I've always wanted to play, in a, you know, be the player in a Dungeons & Dragons game. I was the player once, and I was like my first time playing it. I was, like like you said, very nervous, very weird very confusing sometimes you know so i really would like to get back and try to, to and be a player again you've been a player character in uh, GURPS star wars campaign yes so you have role played as a character but not in dungeons and dragons specifically you set that world up in star wars universe i'm not the best knowledgeable person in star wars my medieval fantasy is a lot more knowledgeable I really enjoyed it, but I also felt kind of reserved a lot of times because I did. I was, I, even though you did a great job of not making it, if you didn't know Star Wars, you would be lost. You did. I mean, it wasn't like that at all. I just, I felt. I guess I felt a little not threatened, but I just felt out of your comfort zone. Out of my comfort zone, yeah. Like with that, with that theme, and I really enjoyed that theme. I really, I really had fun uh, playing <laughs> playing that guy too. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you said that you. Um... I didn't make it where you had to know the Star Wars knowledge because that was a big point that I tried to make when I was doing that campaign was I didn't want any of us to, I didn't want you to have to have a profound knowledge of the, of Star Wars. And I tried to make it a more of a gritty criminal heist kind of, you know, deal where it was more action movie and less Star Wars, you know, but in that world and we could still explore all those great characters and races and things, but. I really, I, I like that about it. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. I guess the main purpose of this topic is I really wanted to, you know, if there was anyone out there on the fence that had, you know, maybe listened to the last episode and feels the way that we talked about the way we did, you know, that maybe that's, this is your, your thing that, you know, you've never tried and maybe you don't feel comfortable. You know, I want to, hopefully this episode we can kind of just really introduce, you know, RPGs and kind of explain what it is and how you do it and you know realize that it's not some weird extra step it's not you're not changing who you are <laughs> you know, it's right like like you said when when you dm that first game for us i mean like you said when you when you played your first game it was kind of like really tough and confusing or whatever and i've definitely felt that for like the first 10 minutes but man like once i like got into it like i said in the last episode i was just you know, so excited and I just realized just how easy and how, um, you know, it's no different than any other board game, you know, like in, in in the, in that way, you know, like it's not like another step, you know, like my wife and my kids have played RPGs with me at this point, quite a few now, um, at least three different ones. But, um, so it, you know, if a kid can pick it up in no time, you know, and my wife who's never done anything like that kind of stuff before, 
Um, I mean, anybody can play it. We said that last week that they're they could they're kind of lighter than some of the games we play. And I guess I want to correct that because you made a comment before we started recording that you kind of you've kind of made our campaign lighter and more streamlined. And I'm sure there are D and D groups out there. And definitely other RPGs, because there's a, when we're talking about these, you can go to, we always talk about Board Game Geek, where there's a sister site called RPG Geek. And, um, I mean, there are thousands of RPGs on there. So we're just, we we keep highlighting the ones that we've played. And generally, I think these are going to be some of the most popular ones by, you know, by and large. But what I was getting at is they can be deep. They can be very technical. They can be, um, pretty much as, as heavy and as deep as you want them to be, as your group wants them to be. You know, and I think as a GM or a DM, and the reason we, we keep mentioning that, I guess some people might not even know what we're talking about. Um, the universal name is a Game Master, GM, Game Master, the master of the game. But Dungeons & Dragons is the only one that uses DM, or one of the only ones is Dungeon Master, you know, it's just their coined term. But um, we use them interchangeably most of the time. But but it's kind of up to the GM to assess their players, I think, because, you know, a lot of people say the power's all on the GM, um, and, they, you know, the GM's sitting there just like, whatever they say, you know, like playing God like a kid with a, a magnifying glass on a, you know, an ant bed, but couldn't be further from that, you know, when I'm, when I'm GM and I'm wanting my characters to succeed, you know, I mean, succeed the, the players, I'm, I'm rooting for them, you know, I'm trying to set up this challenge, but. I mean, yeah, you do have all the power, so you could just kill them all in the first game. But, what's, right. I mean, that's no fun. You know, you're wanting to tell this story and them to have a great adventure, you know. So it's a tremendous amount of stress <laughs> and pressure and to me that first time, you know, as the GM, as the player. It's it's just laid back and fun, you know, to me. But um, what what are your experiences on the, the difference between GM or DM and um, PC? Well, first... I'm going to take, say this, and I think it's something we probably should have said before this is role-playing games like Dungeons and Dragons, GURPS, um, things like that, Fate System. Uh, well, I guess Fate System is a little bit different, but you don't have to like role-play crazy with it. You know, a lot of people play Dungeons and Dragons and they don't have to role-play. They just play that character. They don't make, they don't dress up. They don't have voices. You know, sometimes they streamline it like a video game. Like, I'm just going to go in there and I'm just going to do this spell. What's the most efficient way for this to be done? That's how I'm going to do it. And that's not really, you know, that's not really role playing, but a lot of people do play like that, you know. So that is fine to do, too. Well, I think the I think the tabletop or the pen and paper RPG term for that is min maxing, right? And that's that's usually viewed in a negative light by most people. Um because it's like they're not really playing the game, you know, like it's intended. You're playing it like a video game, almost. Right. And uh, which is what you can do, you know. I mean, I don't have a problem with that. Like, because I'm not the best uh, DM. I'm not, I don't know the most, I'm not the most knowledgeable DM. Like I said, I'm, you know, we, like, you, like I keep it very light as much. Like, I just keep it to what I know. I try to get a little bit more going on. But I will say this, going back to your question, as a DM or GM, it is stressful. It is very stressful because you want to create this world that the characters can really get into, can really enjoy. You want to create these interactions with non-playable characters, which the you know which the DM or GM controls, right? So he has to control all these different people, and 
you know, create backstories, uh, you know, create dialogue, have what character, what information does this character have, or how is this character going to interact with them? And it can be very stressful, you know, it can be a lot of information. You can forget about a lot of things all the time because you want to make it a fun environment. You want to make it challenging, like you said. You want to, like, there's some people that, you know, some people that think that I'm trying to kill them, that I'm trying to ruin their game, you know, but that's not it, you know. What's what fun is it if I say, okay, well, it stands in front of you are four goblins and an ogre, and y'all roll initiative, and then all of a sudden you kill them all like instant. That's no fun, you know. Like what's the what's the challenge of that? Or if there's like a, a obstacle in your way and y'all just get through it, no problem. Well, what's the fun of that? So, you know, it's it's very difficult to find and stressful to find that um that medium ground. Yeah, I always thought it was kind of insulting you know like when someone's like you know you're just trying to hurt us you're trying to kill us and i'm i'm just like you know when i'm gm and i'm like if i wanted to kill you you'd be dead you yeah. know it's like it's like a meteor just fell out of the sky and crashed into your character and he has been shredded into right. all every single atom you know you're gone you're done leave you know what i mean like the, the, the gm has that power you know i mean it's like if i wanted something to happen it would happen i'm not trying to kill you i'm just trying to make it fun and and challenging you know right yeah that's all i mean it's easy for me if i wanted to kill y'all i just hit the delete button on the D campaign that i'm writing you know and y'all will be dead so that's right but, but that's right. as a player it was a lot oh man it was a lot more stressful i mean a lot less stressful you know you just you just come to the game and wherever you take us whatever happens happens and then you just try to figure it out right on the spot you know like the yeah that's a to me the player character has to think of something immediately and the dmgm has to think of something you know preterm and immediately so i have to think that they always right, have right. to be on their feet but they also have to create the story for it as well the characters you know player characters they just have to be ready you know they just have to be ready they don't yeah. have to think of you know oh you know what can we put in this story to make it better now that's the that's the gm's job you know let them do that i'm not wanting to discourage anybody out there that might want to gm or dm you know it's not as bad as we're making it out i don't think but it just takes a lot of preparation and you've got to kind of be ready and i i highly 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 recommend not trying to dm or gm if you have the opportunity to be a player character quite a few times before um it can be done you know ryan obviously he said that he only played just that one time he's before rough. he started and he's right but i mean i'm sure it was i'm sure it would have been a whole lot easier if he had played yes. if he had played plenty of times like well, with me you know like going in with gurps you know you know from ground zero which i kind of felt like i had to because we wanted to try something different and nobody else in the group had ever done anything but D D. so i just volunteered to take that on myself you know and um, it can be done, but I would have much rather have played GURPS quite a few times before I before I tried to GM it, you know. But right. um, but don't let us don't let us discourage if you're out there and you got a you know close knit group of friends and and you know you 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 know like if you're in your group you know who's gonna be the GM you know you know who that guy is probably it's you know it might be you it might be somebody else but um yeah, it can be done you can learn together you know I also great well I know D and D I don't know about other other ones but they got pre-made campaigns oh well um pathfinder also has pre-made campaigns but you know they got pre-made campaigns you just follow the book so yeah i mean that can really help you get started so you don't even have to really prepare anything you just buy that book and you're good to go 
And then after you get done with that campaign, you get you start getting more little ideas of what you can do with your own, you know, with your own campaign, your own thing you want to create. Well, that's what you did in ours, right? That very first mission was actually from the starter book. Yes, it was from the uh, the new five E uh, starter starter campaign. Right. I mean, we didn't we abandoned it pretty quick. I mean, that was what like maybe two or three sessions, and then you. That was the second time I. I've ran that campaign. I ran it with the people, with the other group as well. And we, you know, we just couldn't get together with them anymore. So I was like, you know what? Now that y'all are interested, I'm going to run the same campaign, but I'm going to just change it up a little bit and flow into another follow and just kind of flow into another campaign with it, which is what I've been trying to do. So Yeah, I think that's such a good way to do it, especially if you're new to it. Find a starter kit, go through it, and then once you're done, just continue the story on your own from that point, you know. Um, just don't kill your characters. <laughs> Try not to. And I kind of like to, you know, you know, we actually had a character die on our campaign, you know. So, and mm-hmm. I mean, he's dead. He ain't coming back. So, I, I really believe when you, you know, if you're gonna kill something, you just you better kill it. Rip. Um. Brand. Brand. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Brand. Yeah. Too bad. We'll watch after. We'll watch after his Hulk or whatever his name. What was his name? Harvey, I think. Right. Harvey? <laughs> Maybe. I don't, I don't remember. It's been a long time um, since we played. It has been a while. But we're getting it together. We're getting it up and going pretty soon. I've been working yeah. working on the new campaign. I'm switching things up a little bit this time. So I'm excited. I'm excited. Okay, so let, let's let's get back to our um outline here. I know we keep chasing these rabbits, but Yeah. Um so one thing I wanted to talk about was we we talked about this right before we started recording and I talked about it with Hugh last week. Me and you kept getting confused on what an RPG means. And when I talk about these RPGs, I'm going to refer to them as pen and paper RPG. Mm-hmm. And what that means to me is the D&D, is the GURPS, Fiasco, you know, those kinds of games where you're creating everything in your mind. And um, I think the best way we came up with a definition of what I'm talking about, what the difference between something like that and the Shadows of Brimstones and the Mice and Mystics, and there's got to be some more that are more common. What are some other board games like that? You say Mansions of Madness. No, I didn't. Mansions of Madness. Gloomhaven, right? I Descent. Descent. Yep. I'll yeah. Dungeon Crawls. Dungeon Crawls in general, I guess, are pretty commonly considered RPGs. And they are. I mean, that's what that's what the people that make them are calling them. You know, Gloomhaven is considered an RPG by Isaac Childress. But, um, but what I'm saying is... I think what we came up with a good definition is when you have limited options. So like when we're playing Shadows of Brimstone, my I'm the piano player and his name's Earl Joe, right? Well, he is on this, you know, little square on the grid and there's some void spiders in front of him. And I've got, um, I can't remember anybody's name right now. Dakota, that's Hughes, Indian guy. Mm-hmm. He's right next to me on my left and I've got the bandito to my right. And, I'm I'm limited. I can move forward two spaces, or I can back up this this many spaces. I can attack this one guy. I can use the items that are in front of me. I can use my my three abilities that are on my character sheet. You know, I'm lim- I have a very limited number. Even if I have twenty or thirty options, it's still a limited number. I could write them all down in a list and say these are the only things I can do. That's that that's what I'm calling like a you know, board game, you know, still just a hundred percent board game in my mind, even though you're kind of taking on that role and I might be making choices of what would Earl Joe do, you know? And I, and I go in cause I think that my character would do that. That's a type of role playing, but 
that's not what we're talking about. Whereas in D and D, you know, you're, you're creating this world in your mind and you know, like you Ryan, the, the DM is telling us like you're in this room, you know, in this, or out in this field and there's a tree house or whatever, you know, there's like a fort, you know, and then I'm just like, Hmm. And I'm so, you know, I'm like, well, I could literally do anything. There's an unlimited number of options. I could run around. I could lay down and take a nap. I could, you know, um, shoot an arrow in the sky. I could, you know, there's no limit to the actions I can take. I can say anything I want. I can strike up a conversation. And I think that's what really separates it with me is that, you know, like sitting there in that first game, that first session, you know, I think we're at the pond house. Was that the first time we played? I think so. Yes. And, um, and we're, I'm sitting there and I'm like, it's my turn. I'm like, oh my gosh, I can literally do anything. Like it's, it was so overwhelming those first few turns. And then it was like, after that, it was so freeing. And so, so anyway, that's what I'm talking about is I wanted to definitely define that. That's what we're, that's what we're talking about in this episode. Anytime we mention RPGs or role-playing for the rest of this episode, we're referring to that completely open, infinite possibilities, you know, pen and paper RPG. Before we get there, I wanted to get, go right back to what I was just saying. In some board games, though, I think it's so neat and so interesting to have those role-playing moments. And just like I was talking about with Earl Joe, the same thing with Mansions of Madness. Every time we play Mansions of Madness, when you set up the game, each person gets a character and they have a little story. You read the little back of their card. And there's really no role-playing to, you know, build into the game. Your characters start with like three to five items, depending on how many number of characters you have. And the game just says, distribute them however you want. Well, this is just me. Nothing's ever told me to do this, but for some reason, I just always try to get the, you know, especially new people into the game. And I go, don't, don't even read it. You don't need to know anything about the the card. You don't need to know about what the crowbar does or what this lantern does or what this, you know these ritual beads or like necklace or whatever it is, you know, it's like, what do you think your character would have? Which of these items do you think that your character would have like from reading your, your story? And then I just let them choose, you know, like, Oh, well, you know, my guy's a grave digger. So, you know, I think he would have a lantern, you know? And so I just take the lantern or, you know, this lady's a librarian. So she would probably have found this, you know, book with these runes in it, you know? Mm -hmm. So I like to incorporate things like that in, in board games. Um, have you ever done anything like that? You no, know, I do that. I like, well, I like to try to do that. Sometimes I forget about it and get so engrossed into the board game that I don't, you know, I don't really follow through with it. But, um, but yeah, I definitely try to do that. I just wanted to point that out because that's just something I think is real unique. And I, I love those little moments, you know, in a board game when you can actually take on the role of your character and make a decision based on, you know, the character itself and not, not, the, not you, not the player, you know. Right, right. Well, I guess we can just dive right in then. So I know we've been mentioning all these games, but me personally, I've played Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition. I've never played any other edition. Have you played any other editions? I started playing 4th edition. It's a lot more technical, right? I wouldn't say a lot more technical. It's just like every character was pretty much a mage or pretty much a spellcaster. And what I mean by that is that a warrior would have like 12 abilities, you know, yeah. I don't know what 12 abilities a warrior has, but he had, he had them, you know, he would find a way to do 12 different things. And, and it really clogged up the gameplay, you know, cause it was like, you have a warrior and he'd be like, huh, like, what do I do? Like, should I do this? And, or should I do, or should I do this one? Or, and I'm like, why don't you just swing your sword, man? You're a warrior. Just go there and attack him. You know, that's what a warrior does. 
So, and I get it. It kind of made, it, you know, I, I get what they were trying to do. They were trying to make them feel important, you know. Not be boring. Right. Not just go up there and attack three times or whatever. Kind of the whole point of role playing, you know. Like, um, you know, I listen to a lot of uh, D&D podcasts and there's one out there that has a warrior on it and he does so much out of the box kind of stuff with the warrior. It's so funny. To me. I mean, it's, it's so good to listen to. So there is ways around it in the in 5e, but it, it's a lot better to me. I've played GURPS, which is Steve Jackson games. I think that is generic universal role-playing system, pretty sure. Yeah, I think so too. And it's exactly that. I mean, it's set up to to work in any setting. I 100% prefer D&D over GURPS personally i don't know how you feel felt about felt about it mm-hmm. it was but it's still a really good solid system whereas you know D is i enjoyed it a lot more the system but it's completely you know limited or not limited but bound to the dungeons and dragons universe well we just talked about the two there are like some skins and things you can add to it but in no way is it a universal system you know no. I mean, it's primarily D. Yes. um Whereas GURPS, sky's the limit. If you want to make a superhero campaign, you know, if you want to be basically like Marvel versus DC kind of stuff, or if you want to do the um, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, or um, or just like a heist, like just regular people, just, you know, like, um, or survival, or, or there's really no limit. There's zombies, you know, you could come up with any anything in your imagination. You could play a medieval fantasy. You could pretty much do a knockoff of, yeah. of D&D um star wars space future mass effect you know like you could come up with any idea and gurps will work there's something and there's some gurps books out there that will let you you know make any setting work and i think that's so cool i think it's because there's no specific class that you can have that you have to choose into i think that really right. is what opens up the world of gurps you know because you got D D. You pick a warrior, rogue, mage, sorcerer, warlock, druid. You know, you pick these, and then you build right. them. With GURPS, you're like, huh, okay. Well, I want to play a druid-like character, but you actually have to go through the whole book. You have to pick all the all the things, You ha- and, and you may not even pick a druid. I mean, you may start doing other stuff with it. So it, it, it was... you got to build it from the ground up. You do. Yes, 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 yes. And I, I, I can see why. And that means that GURPS has a lot more openness to it because there's no set you know thing and that you know i really found that very interesting and it makes it real clunky and it's like a lot of rules referencing you're like well you know how much damage does this gun do and it's like well let's look in the book oh wait i forgot that that's the regular laser gun we've got to change it to the star wars module that we downloaded on the internet and then wait i thought that that was actually too powerful i made a note on it where's my note you know that does this because everything has been you know, tailored to your game, you know, mm-hmm. customized. It's not like we're in D and D. It's like, oh, he's casting magic missiles, and he's like, oh, that does three D six all at once. And you're yeah. like, no, that's wrong. You know, it's like this, and like it's universal. Everybody knows what right. magic missiles does. You know, because mm-hmm. it's it's standard. You know, yeah. where so it's so with the flexibility, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but with the flexibility that these there's other universal systems, but I think GURPS is one of the most right. popular ones. But with that flexibility comes that like you know, it loses the elegance that D&D has, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Right. Um, right. Not that one's better than the other. They're just very, very different, mm-hmm. you know. And if and I would never, ever recommend GURPS to a first-time role player. I think I, don't think I, I would, would highly I would highly recommend D&D over it. 
You know, not that it, not that you couldn't, you could, but I'm just saying I think it would be so much easier to get into D and D. And I think it's because of the character creation. To be honest with you, it's just that character creation of D and D because it's all broken down specifically to that character, and that makes a big difference. You know, you don't have to sit there and build a. I mean, you just have. To, I mean, in GURPS, you just build something from out of nothing. You know, so that's that's a big deal. I guess we'll mention a few others. We um we've played Fiasco. We've, yes. We've probably mentioned that a few times on the show. Yes. But Fiasco is completely what I consider. I think I coined the term last week. I don't think this is a real term, but I called it a conversationally based RPG. Yeah, there's no dice roll. I think there is dice rolling at the very beginning, but after that, it's yeah, it's like a that's more like a random setup and random situation. It's like inspiration. You don't even. I mean, there's you could completely play that game without the dice. Right. <laughs> you know, fiasco is like you're almost creating a script for a movie. It's kind of has that feel. It actually says that in there. You know, you imagine you're all in a, a really right. bad. Um, Cohen Brothers. Wait, is it Cohen Brothers? I, the think ones that make all the... I think that's what it yeah. that's what it said, yeah. Um but yeah, so it's like a heist gone bad kind of, you know, thing. But but yeah, so it's like collaborative storytelling is like a better way to characterize it. But but either way, I mean it's it's hundred percent role play and you're sitting there, you know, taking on the role of this character and really acting it out. I mean it's it's actually more quote unquote role playing than any than D and D or GURPS, right? Because it's that's all you're doing. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's not that not that it, I mean it's actually a lighter game in my opinion. I mean you could you know I, it's like a one off one night kind of thing that's you know a non gamer could play it easily. You know if they if you you know any kind of act, it's almost like what's it called um, the acting classes what where people go to improv. the improv classes yeah so it's yeah. like almost like a a game of improv i mean really that's exactly um, what it is because you don't i mean yeah you can you you, you kind of you kind of make a very very backbone of a story it's not much to it and then you're like hey i want to talk to you this time and then you just start talking to them about some kind of topic you know and then the other people have to tie it it was it was pretty fun it was pretty fun yeah, it definitely took me out of my comfort zone. It took me out of my comfort zone too, because <laughs> I mean we're sitting there, you know, because like in D and D, like like you were saying earlier, a lot of people think, you know, role playing games, D and D, you know, that we're, you know, I smite D with my mighty hammer and using character voices and, yeah, you know, I mean we might do that, we might do something similar to that, like almost jokingly sometimes, you know, but that definitely that is, you know, one in a million, you know. I try to use character voices sometimes with my NPCs, but they're terrible. Well, I think that's actually cool. You know, like I think the NPCs, it it makes it better because we're controlling one character and it's easy for everyone to kind of identify each character with the person playing them. But as the GM or the DM, you're controlling so many characters, creating all these NPCs. Yeah. You have to some way decipher, you know, like make them different and, you know, get some variability and make them easy to distinguish between them because it gets confusing sometimes if you're, (laughs) I love it when it's like, you're like, I just want you to talk to this guy. You know, this is the important guy in the story that I've written in here. Let's go talk to this guy. And I give you like four clues and it's like, nope, we're going to go over here to this convenience store or whatever the flip we're doing and we're going to talk to the clerk for 20 minutes and <laughs> and try to try to this random person in the store that you know I mistakenly said existed now we're trying to get information from them you know and it's like that was just that was just background fodder you know but that's, well, that's the most important
important person in this campaign tonight. You know, don't mention it. Don't know? mention anybody you don't want them to talk to. <laughs> I know, I know. That's that's one thing I learned. You I don't know, know but... if you've noticed, but there's a very minimal amount of people in my D and D world. Yeah, if you give a person a name, then we may need to be talking to that person. I'm sure he's important. No, you said. He said, oh, that guy? Don't worry about that guy. Hey, you, what's your name over there? Right, right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm going to start introducing him as, you know. It's like, um, this is Rothgar, you know, or whatever. Yeah. He looks very suspicious. And it's like, who's standing next to him? It's like, um, civilian number three. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like, that's how I'm going to start naming him. Let me but, talk um, to you, civilian number three. You're looking suspicious <laughs> yeah. over here. Why don't you have a name? <laughs> that, yeah, that's the one that would be, he must be hiding something. <laughs> Nobody names him that. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But anyway, I did. I have played a few other games. I've played No Thank You Evil, which actually I think won. Uh, what did it win? It won the board game of the year from. I remember you talking about this. The Origins. I think it won Origins game board game of the. I mean, um, RPG of the year. Well, I guess that was maybe in 2016. I guess, but um, it's it's a like a kids game. Um, RPG and I highly recommend it. Um, adults could play it too. I mean, I would totally bring this out for our our group, you know, our D and D group, and I think we would have fun with it. But um, it's so cool. It's you know, it's just a straight up RPG. There's no no question. But one thing I love about it is the little character sheets in it. There are three versions, and it's this is this is how much of a kids game it is. Um, I think it's a triangle, a square, and a circle, or like in the corner of the yeah. of the sheets. Yeah, and it that. says the more the more points you have or the more sides or something like that, like the harder it is, you know, it's like the triangle's the easiest, the square's the next, and like a circle has like infinite number or whatever, you know, right. so it's the you know, like the adult yeah. version, you know. I love how it says players two to five or the whole family, either way. Yeah. Oh, is that ages or numbers? No, ages is five to infinity, but the numbers of players is oh, oh. yeah, two to five or the whole family. Actually, Lily played it with us. She was probably three at the time. And, you know, she made her little character and drew a picture of it. And she was a slime bunny. Um, and she had a gun that would turn people into bunnies. Was she, that was her That was her character. And then we had, I'm trying to remember, one of them was uh, some kind of ninja. I'm not sure. But, you know, you just had like all, we, they just created their characters. And there's a little spot, spot there for them to draw a picture of their character. And um, I love that, you know, it's just so tailored to kids. But then Lauren made one too, you know, yeah. Lauren sat there and drew out her stuff, you know, and then you choose your items and then you, you draw a picture of them. And But it's, it's like, there's the dice are super easy. So is Lauren going to join us for our next D&D campaign? <laughs> I don't know about that, but um, <laughs> oh, okay. she definitely she definitely enjoyed it. You know, I was, oh, sure I was GMing, did. of course. Well, she was playing with her kids too, you know, that's a that's a big plus. Those books are amazing, and that's that's why it won everything, all those awards. Because um, you talk about those like campaigns. I mean, this is like this is like quality, you know, pre-made campaigns, and it's this like this whole world, and there's like this kind of like tree, you know, um, plan at the in, in the GM book mm-hmm. where like if they do this mission, they and, like the players can choose anywhere they want to go, and then you kind of like follow this little plan. And it's like a you know, if this and if this and if that, then this happens, you know, and it works so well. And it just kind of like, I don't know, it was really cool. We did this one it story where it was like the, interesting. it was like the Christmas one, you know, and like this crazy professor had basically, the setup was, was taken 
um, a Christmas gift, you know, to the princess at her, you know, at her Christmas party or whatever. And um, anyway, like something goes wrong, you know, but what basically it was a time machine, mm-hmm. right? And the time machine messed up. And what it did was it brought three th- people back like from different times to uh, you know to us at the party it was a dinosaur like a pirate and then like an alien or something from the future they all got like lost in the party and we had to like find them all and then, then like take them back to their time individually like in the time machine and that was just like so cool the, the kids just loved it you know it was just like but oh, like sure. that's just like one little story and there's like 30 or 40 of them in this book and it's all with the base game i don't even know if there's you know additional books i'm sure there are but but we really enjoyed No Thank You Evil, and I would highly recommend it. Well, that was something I'm going to have to pick up for when my kids get older. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it won't take long. I mean, like I said, I mean, three, four. And, well, I mean, I guess Jada was probably seven or eight at the time. Yeah. So well, we had a three-year-old all the way up to there. Yeah. It looks it looks interesting. I'll, you know, I'll be down to play it. I've played Rysis as well. I won't get into much detail on it at all, but it's a very, very simple system. It's something that you could learn in five minutes. and. Something you could like, I guess, if you had some kind of dice roller on your phone. I mean, that's something I could I could play with the kids, like, on a road trip. You know, if I was driving for a couple hours, we could play a game of Rysis just in my head. Um, and then them the same way. You know, we could keep up with it just, like, with one phone or something, like a little notepad or something. You know, I mean, it's super light, little role-playing game. But I highly recommend everybody checking it out. It's something that you could play. You know, read the rules, like one or two pages, a little PDF. You can download it. It's free um, yeah. to play. And um, But I had a less R-I-S-U-S. I had a lot of fun with it. We played it a couple times. That's that's all my experiences with different role-playing systems. No, you've had more than me. I've only got the D&D in groups. And, uh, yeah. Well, Fiasco. We played it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fiasco. I will say this. The one thing um, that I like, that I kind of like about role-playing games, and it's nothing that I take lightly but i do like the the leeway on uh house rules when i say that i don't mean you just make up house rules but like in uh D 5e the crit in there i don't agree with the crit in there is you just roll the damage dice twice well if you roll two ones is that you know whoop to do you you did two damage which you could have done on a normal hit you know so yeah. i've just changed it where it takes the weapon damage plus an extra weapon damage. So it takes max damage plus an extra weapon weapon damage roll. And right now it's working pretty good, but I can probably see how it could be getting it gets a little out of hand at the higher levels you are. But um but that's one thing I do like about role playing games is that there is some leeway with the rules. Now you can really mess it up. I wouldn't change a lot, but like little things like that, I've I, I've tended change around sometimes yeah and there's just so much things you can you know add in i mean you like like you said home rules i mean i think a lot of people think the term for that's homebrew right mm-hmm. when you when you bring in stuff that and which when people say homebrew that's actually that's usually like more in depth like they found this this class like somebody made a class that's not in the book but oh, here's yeah. everything you need to know like yeah, detailed um which i mean that's cool stuff you know i mean you if if your dm or gm approves it you right. know what i mean Right. And you got all the information. I think that's fine. But um, um, that's one thing. Like, I actually came across this. I was going to mention it to you for our campaign, but um, there was this website I found that is it's a D one thousand. Yeah. Um, but it's actually uh, it's actually wrong. It's actually two D five hundreds. 
but it's um, basically just, you know, do a random number generator somewhere, whatever, however you want to do it, and get a number between 1 and 500. And there are mental, I mean, um, physical mutations and um, like magical, basically, like because it's all for D&D. Yeah. And I just think that's so cool. So it's like when a wizard or whatever, like somebody casts a spell on you or, you know, something that has to be like whatever, like probably you'd warn the <laughs> the player characters. It'd be like a serious thing. You you roll on this chart and you see what they get. And there were some really interesting ones on there. You know, it's like um, you now like you've got this you've been cursed and you have a foul stench. You know, it's like no matter what you do, you cannot get rid of this stench. And it's like, you know. Um, it wasn't charisma, but it was, um, uh, like persuasion minus six, you know, yeah. from now on, you know, it was like some serious, um, hurtful, you know, stats and stuff. And some of them were actually good. There was like a mix of, but anyway, the, you know, um, shadows of brimstone has that mutation chart. And, um, anyway, I came across this looking up stuff for that. And it's really interesting. I just think that, but like, that's not in D and D at all, as far as I know. And it's just something that somebody came up with, and it's very well done. Like all thousand entries of it are are thought out, and they, they none of them are game breaking, and none of them are, you know, whatever. But um, I just think that's so cool. Like you could totally add that to a D and D campaign, and it wouldn't really affect anything. You know, it would just kind of be like a extra thing you add. So, like you said, you got so much freedom, you yeah. know, with D and D to kind of add unique twists and things like that to games so yeah and you and there's a lot of people um which i don't think i've done it yet but um like if something happens to a player character then they will be permanently affected for the rest of the you know character's life and that's something that i've been kind of debating on doing or not something that I, I thought you did something like that didn't someone like lose a limb or i can't get an eye put out or something i really can't remember um I'm drawing a blank right now, but um, I, yeah. I was trying to think about it because I, for some reason, I thought I did, or I know I wanted to do something like that, you know. So mm-hmm. it was something, something like that. I, I always find that it's not my character. I don't. I would remember. Yeah. I, I haven't got any big right, injuries, right. but I, I got. I, I think I would really. I always had fun doing that, and I always found that stuff really interesting. You know, it changes up so much. Maiming up the the characters. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll send you a link to that thing. You might want to look into it. Oh, I may, I may implement it somehow in a campaign or so. What would you say to a a person listening right now that maybe has never played an RPG at all, but has thought about it? Um, what's some advice you might would give them um, well, to how to find a group or how to look into it? You know, should they buy a book or? What what do you suggest? Let's say if there's let's I'm just gonna make up a random last name. Like if there's a guy named Sheffield out there, and if he's interested, if he's played some board games here and there, like let's say with his brother-in-law or something, ask if if you're already into board games, ask ask some of the people you play board game with if if there's a like a D and D campaign that they do, or if they want to start a very light kind of D and D campaign just to get something going. You know, or any kind of role-playing game, really. If they want to just get something going, if they want to just try it, you know, very casual, just to see how, it, just you know, get your get your feet wet a little bit. You know, don't be scared of it. It's a it's a great experience. You know, like it's I have so much fun playing D and D with all of y'all. That's one thing I really did look forward to when we played it every week. Oh man, it was stressful. And when I got done, I was just I like I just turned my computer off and I just went and I just passed out. 
you know, because it's just <laughs> it's taxing after a full day of work, and then you come and do that that DM. I mean, it's it's taxing, but it, it's worth it. I mean, it's really worth it, and it's fun, man. I enjoy it. Being a player character is just like, you know, it's just like playing any other game, or you know, it's easy to get into. But then it's like it's like you're in the movie that you're watching, you know, and it's you know you're in the action, and it's it's just it's just fun and exciting. Yeah. And then like being the DM, you know, or the GM, you know, that's just uh, it's just like. But it's so rewarding. Like it's the equivalent of a drug addict because it's so hard, so stressful, so terrible. But like I work all week or two weeks, you know, building up this one story and then we knock it out in two hours or something online, you know, and then like after it's over, like the moment we finish for the night and we're sitting there for two minutes or five minutes or whatever. And everybody's like, man, that was so cool. And they're like talking about the story, what happened and the interaction. Like, I can't believe it when this, when, when he came in the room, I was like, what? You know? And I'm sitting over there listening. And that's just like, that's the euphoria of like, they yeah. really liked it. They enjoyed it. And that it's like, and then it's gone, you know, right. I got to do it all again for next week. You well, know? That's it's like, like that's the high I'm working for each exactly. week. Is that, that, that five minutes after it's over. You know, that first, um, that first story arc I created about you, you know, it was kind of like your story arc. Yeah, of course. And the bad guy was your uncle and he killed your dad right in front of you and everything. And yeah, that was messed up. And I'm still upset about it. I was hoping it would be a a very big surprise. I was hoping y'all wouldn't have caught on or anything. And that's another thing. Like it, I, 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 I didn't even think about doing it that way. You know, like I had it to be your uncle, you know, or a family member of some sort. And then I just evolved it into that. And then, you know, I know your backstory said your dad was dead, but this whole time your uncles had him, you know, and, um, right. and then that glimmer of hope that she was going to reunite with your dad. And then he killed him like right in front of you. He just stuck the sword right through his chest. Yeah. Um, I did want to ask you, I never even asked you about that. Did, did you ever leave any hints or drop any clues at all? Like, was there anything that maybe I could have picked up on or were you? completely I, wanted it just to be a total shock and i don't didn't wanna... think so i think the only thing i was kind of hitting at which i don't know if i did it or not was because you're a green a green dragonborn yeah i actually you know you were hunting the green dragonborn i actually it did cross my mind I and mean, i'm talking like maybe maybe like 30 minutes before you revealed it not like weeks you know yeah. but um it did cross my mind that my uncle could be involved but yeah. my dad never the 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 dad thing never came he in he was dead in your story like you didn't know he was alive, right so right like that wasn't an option that's the power of the dm you know and that was awesome I, you know i think i made a comment about how rare green dragonborns are and how the leader the guy who was sending out all these cults to look for you was a green dragonborn as well. I think that was finally revealed at the end, like closer to the end, you know? So it it wasn't like subtle hints. It was just, that's probably the only thing I uh, kind of mentioned, but, um, yeah, not that I'm saying you should have. I just didn't know if I had missed something. I didn't want to. I kind of wanted it to be a surprise. I wanted it, like it's hard because you want it, you want it to be a surprise, but, you also want them to be thinking about it, you know, thinking, well, who is this guy? You know, is he, could he right. be related to Taz? Like, or is he like a, you know, uh, somebody that he screwed up over in the past? You know, it, it, all kinds of stuff I want to have going through your mind. And it's, it's very rewarding, you know, whenever I think, I, I think I, I can remember, I was like, and then he brings the sword down and, it, and your dad's like 
but lifeless body just limps across the altar and I could, I could just hear the silence, you know, I hate to say it, but like it was nothing, yeah. you know, it was deafening. It was like, <gasps> <laughs> yeah, it was like, I can't believe that just happened. <laughs> yeah. And I felt that's exactly what it was. You, you, you heard it right. Yeah. I felt bad slightly about that. And then um, you broke Taz's heart, but I was fine. I really enjoyed that. And my I'll say one of my favorite things about D and D that's happened so far and I cannot stop laughing about this. This was maybe um the second or third week into No, no. That was that was the first that was the first online game. Oh I know where you're going with this. I knew you was gonna tell the story. Y'all fell into a trap. A trap. Y'all fell into a pit. Well, one person fell into a pit. I don't remember who that was. Was that you? It wasn't me, no. Somebody fell into a pit. You know, it was a trap pit. Somebody fell in the pit. Well, one person went to go down there after him. And somehow y'all went, y'all all got into the pit somehow or something. No, I never, I never got into the pit. I was just thinking it through. That's right. You was, there was two people, there was two people in the pit and there was two people outside of the pit and y'all were like, well, how about we shoot a crossbow and try to and try to lodge it into the wall and then put a string on it and then we can climb across and then maybe we can throw a rope down and like pull the people up. We're like looking up spells. That's what y'all did. Y'all y'all threw the rope down. Y'all threw the rope down to get the two the, the guy out the hole out out the pit. And he came out. And then he went back in because y'all couldn't figure out how to cross this pit. You know, like hey, let's shoot an arrow. Let's shoot an arrow with a a, a rope on it and you know. And climb across the rope, and I'm thinking it's a stone wall. There's no place for that to go. And y'all sat there. I don't know how long it was. It was a good, probably five. I mean, it seemed a lot longer, but it was probably y'all a good five minutes. Debated on how to get across this pit, this hole in the ground. I was just like, I finally. And you broke down. You broke down, and you, you know, you helped us as a GM. You failed your job of letting us live in our world, and you said, "Hey, guys, you could just." Go in the pit and climb out the other side. <laughs> We're like, oh, what will we have to do to pass that? And you're like, nothing. Just go through the hole. Yeah, it's, just, it's a ten foot. You will do a very minor, very minor like strength check because it's like ten feet. More high. like a more like an inconvenience right. than a test. It's, it's, you, know? yeah, you would have to roll very low to not climb up. And I was just like, I was laughing so hard about this, man. I was thinking, this is my, G- this is who I'm GDMing. It's going to be a long, long adventure. No more traps for them. That that was one of our highlights for sure. It was not being able to get over this hole. But, um, <laughs> but, you know, it was like, you know, we played that first one and it was just so just going along. I was kind of like going along with the crowd. Buster's just slitting people's throats without telling us anything. And so he was a veteran. Just going through. Playing a while. Yeah. So we're just kind of following him in that, you know, goblin cave or whatever it was. And, you know, we're just poking along. Well, then when we get on, you know, get on um, roll 20, we're like learning the game and learning everything. And, you know, I'm kind of reserved. I'm not, I've definitely come out of my shell in the the campaign, but I was still very new to that. Didn't know what I was doing. And, you know, I'm just like, I don't know, you know, like everybody else is trying to figure this out, you know? And so, I mean, you know what I'm saying? It was like, it was almost like a technical thing for me. You know, I'm thinking, well, obviously this is a hole, like a trap and we can't get a, you know, like just just climbing across it can't be an option you like didn't even cross my mind you know it's like this is something we have to figure out you know and at least y'all was thinking outside the box i don't know if we've helped anybody or scared them off more than anything but before we end it role-playing games is nothing to be scared of you don't have to transform 
who you are into this character that you make. Just sit down, make a character, you know, just like an actor would, and just and just play him. You don't have to do a voice. You don't have to pretend to be. You don't even have to really pretend to be him. Just play him. You know, just play him on paper. If we do a part two to this or turn this into a series of any sort, I, I want us to make some characters like on the podcast, like go through a character creation and maybe even play like a little, you know, test run. Because I would, I would really like people out there to, you know, hear firsthand how a, a turn or a combat or even a conversation would go in a game, even if it's just something super small and basic and temporary. I would like to like give that a shot, even if it's a little short, yeah. you know, 10 minute deal. But um, I think yep. that, that that could probably do more wonders <laughs> for someone and let them really understand and understand it more than we probably have accomplished <laughs> in this hour. It's simple. You know, it's, it really is. It's nothing to be scared of. I would like more and more people to play D&D and role-playing games. And give us some feedback if there's any ideas any listeners have. Um, send us a message on um, Twitter or Facebook. Yeah, anywhere. And um, let us know. And just, you know, any, any suggestions you might have. And I might, I might even post like a, a a poll or something with some options on. Maybe the listeners could kind of help create the character or something. You know, like make the the class choice and... And things like that, like for oh, the D and D. Yeah. Cool. Well, and get some ideas, you know. Yeah. Well, I hope, uh, hope this really steered y'all, steered somebody into playing a role playing game, and not scare them away because we that was it could it could have went either way. I do believe. I didn't follow my outline here at all, so we kind of just talked about whatever, but close enough, right? Yeah. All right. Well, let's wrap it up. Yeah. Let's do it. All right, that's going to wrap up the show. Um, I did want to apologize for this episode. I think it's going to be going out a little bit late. I've been really sick. I'm not sure if you could tell from the the episode here. Hopefully, hopefully, I edited out of my coughing and hacking, but. I've had this crazy sinus infection, borderline strep throat going on. So that's the reason why the um, what's coming out maybe a day late. I don't know. It might come out this this on Monday. I'm not either be Monday or Tuesday, but either way, I do want to thank each and every one of you guys for listening. We're looking for a way to give back to you guys, either in some custom content or um, actually doing some giveaways and things like that. So we're looking for suggestions on that. I know on on International Tabletop Day, which I think is April 28th of this year, we're going to be doing some giveaways at RetroCon, um, local game con here. But you don't actually have to go to the con to um, be entered or to have a chance at some of the giveaways. We're not sure what we're going to do yet. I don't know if we're going to give away one big like gift package or whatever. There are going to be some things that you have to be there to get, but the big giveaway, um, you basically just have to leave a review on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher, and we're going to check all of those locations. And everyone who's left us a review there during the time um, between now and Tabletop Day, pretty much all of April, if you've left a review in April, um, we're going to check that list, and we're going to be choosing a random person, random listener out of there um, to give away um, some stuff. So if you want to be eligible for that, Hop on there, leave us a review. That really helps us out, helps us be seen, and helps more people get exposed to the podcast and to the hobby. 
So anyway, again, I do thank you each and everyone for listening, and have a great time gaming. Thanks for listening to Who Shuffled. Find us on Twitter and Facebook at Who Shuffled.